I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Kill the monsters, steal the treasure, stab your buddy. And today, we're going to be talking about sorcery! Exclamation point. Steve Jackson's sorcery, to be incredibly specific. Parts one and two. Yes. Uh, which was developed by Inkle, published by them, and was released in May 2nd, 2013 for this version. But the series has been ongoing and has its most recent release in September 22nd, 2016. Uh, it was released on iOS, Android, Windows, and OS X. There are a couple of things about mm-hmm. that that I feel like I want to talk about. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, this game itself... Uh, because we should say this first, I suppose, uh, is a tabletop RPG simulator, uh, sort of, kind of. Yeah, it's really hard to describe to somebody who doesn't know what it is. Yeah. But once you see it, like, I think you get it immediately. Yeah. It is effectively a text-based adventure game that has visuals. They're, they've been painted over it, but they don't really... You don't control a character, so to speak, and you don't do much of what you do in, in traditional adventure games. It's more you responding and reacting to what the game is narrating to you. Yeah, it almost kind of feels like a magical board game. Uh, like, you're moving a piece on a board, and then like an invisible unseen dm basically mm-hmm. that you can think of it that way is describing everything to you that happens on the on the map it's kind of like a jumanji sure <laughs> like a magical <laughs> board game it's like a, okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah the uh the things that i wanted to talk about uh first and foremost is that this game was developed by inkle uh who are the developers of heaven's vault which we talked about late last year mm-hmm. um and that's interesting to me. Uh, Inkle's also the development house behind uh, 80 Days uh, and other similar sort of like very narrative focused pick a path kind of adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see this game, especially on PC, because like it, I believe it was developed initially for phones uh, with that sort of interface in mind. And it's it's interesting to to see the game play out, and also knowing the the developers' other games. Uh, there's definitely a through line here. Yeah, yeah, especially um, what feels like it links this in Heaven's Vault, at least in my head, is the focus on language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much looser in this one, obviously, but like spells or casts with different like combinations of letters, like and it's like a like an astrological casting. The yeah. stars reveal the letters to you, and you have to, like, <laughs> channel them. Yeah, you can only... Well, we'll get into that. Because the magic system is probably the most interesting thing in the game. Yeah. Uh, but we have to credit a lot of that to Steve Jackson, which is the second thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Steve Jackson is, as uh, we men- mentioned, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. we used in the in the intro bit there, mm-hmm. uh, the designer of games that you might know, like Munchkin uh, and Sorcery. Uh, he wrote the original series of books for these, uh, which play basically like a choose-your-own-adventure game. Yeah, I was looking over the Wikipedia for this, um, and it seems like these... Uh gamified video game versions of those books um 
that part one is the closest to what like the actual books are like, and mm-hmm. then they get more, uh, they take more liberties as they go. Um, I think they, they like tweaked the combat system and stuff to work more for a video game, but it it sticks pretty close. Yeah, and so what you get is yeah, like a choose your own adventure, like you're. It's like a role-playing game where the campaign involves a lot of travel. Like, mm-hmm. you travel along a path, and then, like, events happen. Yeah. It, it's very similar if you've, if you've played other tabletop RPGs uh, to, like, having a, a, a game that has, like, an encounter table involved uh, where somebody is rolling a die and giving you a random uh, thing that happens to you just given, like, a certain amount of time or distance or whatever. Um, obviously the game is not random though. It, it follows a a strict pattern. So you make choices and you can actually rewind and go back and make different choices when you want to, which I think is sort of the gamification of the choose your own adventure book style where you can just flip back in pages and choose different things however you want to yeah and i know these were written for like the sorcery series or whatever you want to call it It was written for Mm -hmm. the fighting fantasy series of role-playing books which i know uh, we get to squeeze in a dark souls reference here or specifically something that uh miyazaki credited as like an inspiration uh to him when it comes to, like, creating RPGs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that tidbit in there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the the rewind mechanic um, is, yeah, I, I think you nailed it there. Like, feels like it's coming from that choose-your-own-adventure game book roots. Because, like, I know from being a kid and, like, reading, like, Goosebumps, choose-your-own-adventure books in the library, like... As soon as you get an ending you don't like, you go back and you're like, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen. Exactly. I, did. Yeah. I made this choice instead. First try. I don't think that I ever uh, met, like, a kid who was so, like, adamant about doing it in one. Being yeah. like, sorry, that's the end of the book that I got. But it, it feels weird in a game, though, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I tried not to do it uh, as much as possible. Same. And I, I, I wonder if that's how like the average person would take to that or, or I don't know. Like it just feels like it, it doesn't quite click to me. Well, let us know in the comments mm-hmm. uh, if that is the case for you. Um, but my, my inclination is that most people probably would do essentially what I would have effectively done, uh, especially going through the first part of it, where it is like, you don't do it because you're playing a video game and in a video game, you just kind of want to... You just do the thing that you do in a game. Mm-hmm. If you had prior experience with the books, I feel like you would be more likely to use the system. Yeah. Um, but the game also does force you to use it if you die. Uh, and you can die a lot. In, yeah. In a lot of colorful ways. <laughs> yeah, for for me, on part one, I didn't die until the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot that somebody had warned me about the flower field. Uh, and I went through it and then you can't escape it and you die uh and i was like oh fuck and then that was the first time i had died and that's like right up at the end so like yeah like i played through the whole first part not even thinking about it like i forgot or even i don't even know if it tells you about the rewind mechanic i don't remember but like i completely forgot about it i think that it 
tutorializes it the first time that you die because mm-hmm. there's a I remember seeing a screen that said remember no choice is final mm. that kind of a thing I but I don't remember when it came up right uh, I died actually in almost exactly the same point for the first time where I was shot by lightning bolts from an old woman oh yeah 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 uh, <laughs> So, yeah, which is just the other fork in that path. So we uh, it, we made it about the same amount of time before being murdered. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... Um, God, I guess that's that as far as that uh, going over... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, like, criticize it or anything too much because, like, it does seem like a unique challenge to, like, adapt a series of role-playing books to a video game like i don't think i've ever seen that sort of thing uh done so like like in this way Mm -hmm. usually you see things like uh like something like Baldur's gate which is trying to like create a DD experience in the forgotten realms but it's like an rpg right it's not like an abstracted tabletop thing yeah i actually well i mean if talking specifically about the rewind mechanic um while I, I realize that there's sort of... You could butt up against something where if you're just struggling with a particular like train of thought that you want to experiment out, it might get a little bit tedious where mm. you're just kind of repeating the same conversation over and over again. Um, but I actually really like it on the design side because it gives the developers... Uh, more of an opportunity to just put in things that are really lethal Mm -hmm. uh, that just kill you in one hit. And normally that would be pretty unfair if the game had like a traditional save system and God forbid lives. Uh, But the the fact that you can rewind at any time means that you can do the funny thing or the thing that's more interesting and then when it backfires horribly in your face you can rewind and go the other way. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, it, it felt a lot more like that shined when we played through the second part, mm-hmm. and there were, like, a lot more, uh, it was a lot longer and a lot harder. Yes. Uh, and so you got, like, yeah, you stumble upon an encounter, and some wild shit happens, and you're <laughs> like, well, well, what else might happen? You know, like, you, you, you get to the point where you just want to see what other weird shit there might be. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very amusing, especially considering, like, the idea that this is the story of, like, your character. Like, if this was an actual... I mean, this feels like like early D&D, like the, the first, second edition kind of D&D, where you would just fucking get caught in a trap and, and die and lose the character and have to start again. Um, I, I want to call attention here, if we're more or less past this sure, at this yeah, point... Yeah, yeah. To something that I think would have made the system feel a little bit meatier, mm-hmm. that I, I guess I understand the reasoning for, but don't love. Sure. Uh, and that is, they don't let you give your character a name. You just are the guy or the girl. You don't have like a an input name function and. Coming from a choose your own adventure game, like obviously the book can't right. glue your name into it, but it would make it feel a lot more personal when you get fried by an old lady mm-hmm. than as it is now, where your sort of nameless, hapless body that you're inhabiting is fried by an old lady mm-hmm. or a tree lands on them or whatever else. 
uh, I don't know. I like that stuck that that stuck out to me during the first part, and I never really got over it. I don't, is it just me? I uh, I don't think it's just you. Uh, that seems like a valid thing to bring up, but I can't say that I thought about it even once. Mm. You never thought like when people are asking you like you know what are you doing here? Who are you? Mm. And your answer is always like I'm a traveler. Right? No, I'm never once. Trader. Never once thought about it because I feel like. In games, when you put in a name, it's never used anyway. Yeah. So. But this would be an opportunity yeah, to that's use true. No, it. You're yeah. totally right. I just didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. But yeah, it does seem like another thing where it, it feels like it's sticking to the books. Yeah. It hits the books. Yeah. <laughs> I want it done, and I want it done by the books. Uh, said I'm, Steve Jackson. Yeah, I'm demanding that Steve Jackson turn over his gun and his badge. Um, no, uh, let, let's let's talk about the mechanics because there are two of them, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we could get through them pretty fast. Uh, basically, well, I guess there's three because conversation counts in this yeah. in this particular instance. It counts a lot, actually. Talking, fighting, fighting, and casting. Exactly, the three R's <laughs> of adventure. Of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll actually save talking for the last one because I think it's going to be the meatiest. Yeah. Um, fighting is interesting. I don't know. If I like it, though. Yeah, it feels like it's missing a little something. I don't know what that is exactly, but, like, it can feel surprisingly engaging for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, yeah, you're reading along these little descriptions that you can sometimes glean information from about whether or not it's safe to attack. Um, but, yeah, it's a really simple, like, kind of wager system where... If the enemy blocks, your attack will only do one damage. But if they attack at the same time as you and your attack overpowers them, you deal damage to them and you take none. Right. And vice versa uh, for them attacking you. But, uh, yeah, it it just, it feels like, I don't know, like, yeah, it needed a little something extra. Like, they all, all the combat encounters felt samey. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest problem is that like it didn't feel like you were fighting against different monsters. It just felt like you were playing the same betting mini game over and over again. Yeah, and like obviously people like games where you wager and win because mm-hmm. like casinos are a thing. Uh, but like there's it just it seems like it gets old and it gets old kind of fast and i just wish that that wasn't the case i wish there was a wrinkle yeah i it might be like slightly intentional that it's not as fleshed out because i feel like it really kind of feels like the game doesn't want you to resort to combat as much as you can right um because i i at least i genuinely think that either casting a spell or talking your way out of it is pretty much always more interesting agreed yeah um so that might be part of it yeah and they put in a lot of work obviously to get the descriptions like the attacks and the uh other stuff like the description of the people's like state in between attacks um it really is is well done interesting and i think more often than not uh is like a it's a cool thing for a combat system to fall back more on the on the description of the the flavor of it than it is to just be like a 
like it's like a two D hit the sword button. Yeah, kind yeah, of thing. No, it 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 fits really well for a a narrative game to have the combat have narrative to it. Yeah, it just doesn't really have legs, which is the problem. Yeah. Uh, also, I didn't know because in uh, the first section you can meet this little like sprightly dude, Jan, who, Jan, who hangs out on your shoulder. I didn't know until much, much later in the game how good a fireball is. Mm. A fireball is a pretty good spell, as it turns out. Yeah, um, I ended up not really casting almost any magic on the first part because I stupidly, like, when you approach the gate to leave, like, the little tutorial village, Mm -hmm. uh, it it has you cast uh, whatever the spell is to open the door. Yeah. Um, Dop. Yeah, and for, like, door open, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like it shows, like, the, you know, the how it displays, like, all the letters in the sky, and you have to, like, it, those are the only letters available, are D-O and P, and you pick them, and it opens the door, and I'm like, okay, so, like, that's how spell casting works. So you have to have someone teach you the spell, and then it has, like, a little thing where you use it the first time, and you unlock it. Mm. Even though they had just gone through a whole thing where they're like, here's a spell book full of spells. With 48 spells in it. I stupidly was just like, had this idea in my head that Mm. like you had to have them taught to you uh, for no reason. The first thing I did when I started the game was just read the whole spell book. Yeah. Like like, from from like cover to cover. I, I somehow just completely forgot after I was, it was handed to me. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's a little strange, but. I uh, really like how it is implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the systems where uh, it's like on, some spells are only available at certain times, and I didn't look enough into it to know if it's like time of day. Uh, this is like a limitation that can't really be done in paper, from what I can tell, unless the books have like a incremental counter mm-hmm. and it's like you can only use spells when the dice are on six or whatever um but either way i like that it was implemented the way that it was and i like the fact that it just seems to give you lots of descriptions of stuff and you just sort of have to work out how that could be useful to you yeah, I feel like it's one of my favorite implementations of magic in a game, just pretty much ever. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, there's nothing wrong with the way it's done in, like, RPGs necessarily, but, like, you do end up with a lot of samey stuff where, like, it's, like, projectiles and summons. Um, and magic is magic. You yeah. know, it can be anything. <laughs> so, like, I feel like there's room for more creative uses. Um, like, in something like Eternal Darkness, um we talked about how like it was cool that it was like represented as like spells as like an ancient eldritch language like as like forgotten knowledge yep and, like that's really cool and this does like a similar thing where it feels like something beyond your control like you were saying like you can only use spells at certain times a day and it's not quite clear like exactly like what governs it or like how it works yeah and you have to use your brain you just have to like be like oh what could I do here? Uh, I could grow big. Uh, is that one available? <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> and then you grow huge. Uh, so, yeah, it's really cool. It makes it feel more mysterious and, you know, magical. Yeah. It, it also is the thing that emulates magic in D&D better than any D&D game I've ever played, where 
you have spells that don't have a use in combat. You have spells that do things where maybe you could implement them in an unexpected way. Yeah. And a lot of the fun of playing a caster in a spell casting capable tabletop RPG is finding interesting ways to make the magic work when you can't come up with anything else. Like an interesting sort of like toolbox as opposed to just being like, yeah, projectiles and summons and shit. Yeah, it's like that uh, like quintessential like trying to describe what's cool about D&D to somebody's scenario when you're like oh we were fighting this boss and I noticed there were like stalactites in the cave and I shot a spell at those and it fell and killed the monster <laughs> you know like that sort of scenario like this game it feels like it's like at the kernel mm-hmm. of like what the magic in this game is getting at like uh, there's a scenario we were like captured and we were in like the brig of a boat and we were trying to think of like what spells could help us get out and like we were just talking through all these things and like yeah like, it really feels like you have to like it, it emphasizes that yeah non-combat based spells that you just kind of have to apply in, in a smart way yeah or in a let's just see what happens kind of way you know depending mm. on uh, how you're feeling which is yeah it's really cool I, I've never really seen that done in another game before yeah, and I, I like that it's tied to the stamina system as well because the basically for those who haven't played the games, uh, the you have just a count of stamina, like an amount that you have. Yeah, it's like health. Yeah, and it acts as both your health and your spellcasting and also like other things. They use the stamina predominantly for those two things, and then you can recover it by sleeping and eating, praying, praying drinking at a fountain. Eat, pray, love. Eat, pray, love. Any any of the three core fundamental elements <laughs> of life, eat, pray, or love, will restore the your stamina. I bet that having sex in this game would restore your stamina. That's probably true. I believe that these games were made for children originally, yeah, 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 so... Yeah. Maybe, probably isn't there, but if it was, it would be in the thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that's that's sort of the thing. It's like, uh, you use the stamina system, and, and a lot of the time, engaging in combat is probably going to deal more damage to you mm-hmm. than throwing a fireball at somebody. But I guess you do always have the option to go into combat if you think you're just going to ace it and not take any damage. Yeah, so. and it lets you retry. Like, it prompts you to do the combat again if you take uh, damage. Yeah, which I did several times in the first, oh. in the first one and noticed that wasn't a, a habit of yours. No, I never once even thought I fought, about it. I fought the assassin in the woods four times. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, no, 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 I didn't do anywhere near good enough. Uh, it's a really dangerous system for somebody like me because I I start to imagine that I can just like perfect it and want to yeah. do it over and over again. Uh, yeah, like I don't know, like I think kind of what I was trying to get at at the beginning is it just like it just I want to like have the adventure mm-hmm. and like what happens happens. So like I I tried not to rewind, uh, if I didn't have to. Sure. I mean, I didn't know but at the time, like, how, how many, like, limitations there were going to be, and, like, maybe being at a low stamina meant that I wouldn't be able to do some shit. But this game is not shy about just taking everything away from you, because it does happen a lot. I, I played through the first part of this game with, uh, with zero gold and zero rations for the entirety 
uh, because I was captured immediately after leaving. Uh, and I went on and just like the, every town I came to, I had to sleep in the woods and whatever. And so you do have to rely on like combat skill and smart spellcasting in order to get through. Um, I do wish that the rations did more. Or, and had more of a purpose because I felt like they never really me not having rations for the whole first thing didn't really come up. Yeah, you don't really have to eat if you keep your health or your stamina up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's probably long term uh, penalties for not eating because, like, I went a while without eating in the middle of part one, and it kept referencing it, like the fact that you were hungry, but it never actually ended up doing anything. Right. So I don't know about that. But no, yeah, I agree. Like they give you a spell called Doc, mm-hmm. uh, which is supposed to make um, the healing potions and I don't maybe the rations too. I don't know. Um, heal you for full. And that seems like if like it, but it never let us use that like we kept trying to do it and it would there was never an occasion where like the letters were available right um so like it seems like the rations do as much as they do because you later you get access to that spell which can heal you like full so they want to like balance it mm-hmm. but we couldn't ever figure out how to cast a dock so <laughs> yeah i do also wish that the rations did more for you. Yeah, it seems a little odd. And, like, maybe it's a balancing thing where Doc is only available at certain times of day. Um, you're most yeah, likely probably. to be closer to full health near the morning because normally you can find a place to sleep and it restores your stamina a little bit. Yeah, so. and I think uh, your your god or your patron is more likely to give you healing in the morning. I think it's just on a timer, Oh yeah, I thought it was like like it was like a like you wake up and pray first thing in the morning kind of thing. I mean, I suppose it could work out that way. I only prayed like twice mm. when I was playing by myself because it is a to me it felt like it was a limited resource and so mm. I just didn't use it. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah, I was like, well, if I really need it for something uh. later, then I I'll save it for that. Mm-hmm. Um and so, I don't know. And I I didn't have much trouble i think the only thing that really killed me was that old lady and her dumb lightning bolts Uh, yeah the only thing like that i kept checking it all the time because i feel like that is an underdeveloped mechanic like i was always really intrigued by that Mm. like your little your uh your god up there your deity in the corner and it will change i I think it's depending on like what you do or how you act uh, I just thought that was really interesting and was always waiting for it to do more. Um, so I would I would hope that it does more in future uh, parts in first two and or three and four. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Like it does. You'll get into certain scenarios where like you can pray to your to your deity to like save your ass. Like <laughs> when we were in the sewers and they were uh, flooding. Yeah, we had we prayed to the dolphin god. Uh, so yeah, they they do some unique things sometimes but it always seemed like there was potential for more with that that i was curious about yeah it was always interesting when it came up as an option for something to do because it felt like it was doing something other than just healing you and then going away for a while so yeah i yeah i appreciate the existence of it i wish that some of the things were more signaled and i kind of wish that some of the stuff was a little bit more unique i guess yeah where it mattered what your deity was um 
where it never really seemed to. Yeah, signaling is one of those things in this game where, like, I think with the magic, it enhances it and makes it cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, that it doesn't spell out for you, like, what to, like, when when spells are useful and when they're not. Spell out. Spell nice. out for you, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are other mechanics it does feel like it's the hindrance where it's not clear, like, when you can do certain things or when it's advantageous or available to do other things, so... Yeah, and I mean, the the reality of the situation is that the game is a little bit more on rails than it leads on, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the case of, of your, like, actual choice of actions. Like, when you go from part one to part two, you see it open up a whole lot, uh, and you have a lot more options and a lot more things you can do. But in each of those discrete encounters, there's really only, like, a good and bad option. And I've heard that you can change what options you're given based on what, like, uh, like whether you lean good or evil as well. So, mm. that's, I mean, that's a lot of options to write a whole thing for, but the game presents itself in a way that feels more open than it actually is. Yeah, there's a lot of scenarios and less actual like path, like branching paths for like the narrative to ultimately go. Yeah, like, like we stole that boat and took four different options, and all four <laughs> of them uh, put us in the water. Yeah, so. like no matter what you do, you're gonna end up at the North Gate. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you know the fucking things, let's yeah. Let's talk about the story, but we'll also sort of mash into that, the dialogue system, because I think they're sort of intrinsically bound. Mm-hmm. Um, the The way that the game, that you play the game for the most part, unless you are forced to fight something, which is rare, uh, is by just selecting dialogue options. And it has pretty much all of the same problems that dialogue systems and adventure games always do, where you don't have as many options as you think, and sometimes the options are taken differently than you expect them to be. Yeah, I, I found like myself not really feeling that way as much as in other games uh, in this for me, like the like where you say a thing and you're like, that's not what I thought that meant. Oh yeah, that part yeah. is definitely but, less. But yeah, like I, there, there, it did happen quite a bit where I'm like, I don't like any of these options. Mm-hmm. But I found myself not caring as much in this because I feel like, because it's so, I don't know if I would say silly, but it's very like, it's a certain tone to it. Like, uh, like a, it's a very like, God, I don't know what word to use. I mean, it does sort of hit the D&D tone where the, like, let's say you crack open Lost Minds of Fandelver and are just running through it with people, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just a pre-made campaign or whatever. And so you have subject matter that takes itself seriously mm-hmm. being played by people who are modern people and not dwarves and right. therefore will just joke about it. And so the game hits this balance of feeling like you can do the thing that maybe you as a player would want to do, even if there was no way that like the actual guy who would have been here in this story would do it. Mm-hmm. It like leaves it open for that vi- video game silliness. Yeah, I think a good way to put it um, is it, it gives me a feeling of like really good children's fiction mm-hmm. where it 
is respecting the kid's intelligence and, like, providing them with, like, a good story. But it's also, like, incorporating this kind of, like, childlike wonderment to it. I think that's a good way of putting it. There's, like, a particular tone to it that I just really like. And I don't remember why I started saying that. Oh, because of the dialogue options. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Long tangent there. Um, But... Yeah, like, I just found myself, like, if there was something that, like, I didn't really like the outcome of, like, it did, it felt like it didn't matter as much. Sure. Unless it killed you with a lightning Right. Bolt. But even then, that like, they, those are usually, like, humorous or something. Yeah. Or interesting. I for sure loved dying in this game. It was always yeah. fun to read. Like, so. dying in that field of flowers was, like, a very, like, weird and cool way to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, like, it's cool to read all the death scenes. So you don't really mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's that, I guess. Um, <laughs> the the narrative that, this, that the game actually puts you through is very nebulous. It kind of, like, gives you... Uh, this little teaser at the beginning that's a dream. It's like a recurring thing in the game that your character will dream about things, and I'm sure that it's in some way telling you how you're doing. Yeah. But I didn't really get any of it from it, necessarily. Uh, (laughs) But as you go through it, like, you, you have basically a really simple quest that is like, go here, get a thing, bring it back. And the crown of kings. The crown of kings. You have to go get it. The, the, the classic MacGuffin. Yeah, magical rock item. Mm-hmm. Uh, but along the way, you sort of just have these really insular goals where you're like, I need to get from here to this city, and then the game just continually puts up a thing in front of you and says like, but what about this? Have you thought about it? Have you done any of these things? Go fight a troll in a cave. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you do, and you fight the troll in the cave. So the overall narrative is so very minor, and then characters will ask you about it, and you pretty much have no reason to ever tell them that it's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, And not really any indication whether it's going to mean anything to them at all in the first place. Uh, so it's it's interesting that like while it is based on a book, technically speaking, mm-hmm. it is a game that's actually not as narratively focused as you might expect it to be. No, it's very much like a road trip story. Um, <laughs> it's about the journey, um, and yeah, yeah, you're very much you're like a classic wanderer. Like things just happen to you along the way, and that's like the where the fun is, where the meat and potatoes are. Yeah, this is like the. Uh, the Harold and Kumar go to White mm-hmm. Castle of video games. Uh, yep. Yep, that's the, <laughs> that's the one. Uh, I don't want to... I, I actually kind of don't want to... Spoil isn't the word here. Like, go over the actual narratives yeah, of each of the parts. Of yeah. I'd rather sort of just... Did you enjoy what the game put you through, I guess? Yeah, I, I did. It's I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but it, it leans positive, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, I think the first part, um, in 
I think even at the time, but especially in retrospect, felt a little bit too simple. Um, I, I liked the second part more because it, it, it put you through this like town of pirates and thieves and stuff. So it, everything felt like it felt really immersive. Like you have to like consider each move you make a lot. Like I think it made the mechanics shine better. Um, like it felt like there was always important decisions to make and it ended up with like lower health and money and then that always made everything seem more imposing as well and like mm-hmm. every decision feel all the more important um yeah and i yeah and i do like if you're asking more narrative i guess um yeah like i think once again the denser city made for like more encounters and like more characters and more like interesting and weird scenarios so yeah I don't know, actually. I feel like... I agree that the first part feels a little bit too simple in retrospect, but at the time, it felt sort of like what I wanted from the game. Mm. I mean, I didn't dislike it. Right. Well, I think that in the end, I end up liking it a little bit more than the Mm. second part, and it's just because the second part is more mentally taxing. Sure. I think I might have lucked into having a really easy time (laughs) with the first part. Like, Mm. I feel like I avoided a lot of conflict. Yeah. I suppose. I, I, I did think... not get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> and had like 20-some gold and 20-some stamina when I finished. Right, yeah, none of that for, yeah. for me. I also didn't have a broadsword, which you Right, yeah, have. yeah. Um, but either way, I yeah, I basically came out of it a popper. But at the same <laughs> time, like, it felt more leisurely. It felt like I was having a lot more fun. Whereas in mm. the second half, it, or the second part, rather, it feels like... It's just adversity on every corner. Yeah, it definitely was getting taxing by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like like a middle ground, a theoretical sorcery 1.5, right. uh, where it was a little bit more dense than the first part and less than the second would probably be a sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It felt like the first part was playing... Dungeons and Dragons, the game where you walk around and do stuff, Mm -hmm. and then playing the second part was like being in a dungeon. Yeah. You actually have to be worried about stuff at all times. Yeah, and played back-to-back, they do kind of complement each other a little bit. Sure. uh, In that way. Which I guess is why they bundle it together. Yeah, for sure. Well, and also because the first game takes like two hours to get through, so... Uh, but then you get to the, and I'll avoid specifics, but, um, you get to the end of part two and it does this thing, um, which I think, I mean, plenty of other games have done stuff like this where like you, you feel like you got up to the end mm-hmm. and then the game comes in and slaps your wrist and says, uh, not really, uh, go back and do all this other stuff. Right. Um, and I feel like I really didn't like that um because yeah like i said like it made it really feel like it seemed like we had made it through and Mm -hmm. that we were done and then told us to turn around and i guess it's less of a criticism of this game although i guess it still is a criticism of the game and more of a criticism of this kind of trope yeah uh that i i'm want to say that i don't like yeah and in addition to that like this would be okay if we got to the end of it in 
in two hours. Like the yeah, first like half. the first part, I would have been way more willing to go back through the countryside. Yeah, but it just it felt like you had played the whole game at that point. Yeah, it felt like you got through the gauntlet, mm-hmm. and then they were like, uh-uh. Go back There's in. another third and, of the gauntlet left. And then to make matters worse, literally the reason that... Or the, the, the way that the game delivers this information to you is with a ghost of a character you don't know just appearing out of nowhere. Yeah, like, if they had, like, introduced that ghost, like, halfway in Mm -hmm. and been like, you're gonna have to do this right, uh, before you can leave, then that would have been better. Yeah, it would have saved it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you would have been more inclined to go do other stuff before going toward the the gate at the end. Yeah. And and maybe we missed I'm sure we missed some stuff, but uh yeah. if there would have been like more places, like more inns to like stop and sleep because like the the whole second half of part 2 we were like below 10 stamina. Yeah. And yeah, and then at other times forced to one stamina. It was like a really it, it wasn't yo-yoing. It was like the yo-yo where the string kind of gets tangled up in mm-hmm. the in the in the gear of it, and you try and pull it back up, but it just sort of bounces at the bottom. That's mm-hmm. where we were. <laughs> they were walking the dog with us. Yeah, uh, this extended yo-yo metaphor is unnecessary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just it didn't feel like it was the time to to go back and do the whole fucking yeah. game again. It- to its credit, it does just let you say no and turn around and leave. Mm-hmm. But I, I guarantee you, the the better outcome is if you go back and help. <laughs> oh yeah, and fucking, like, it would be really cool though. Like if it, later in the game you had to quest back and you had to go through Goblin Town, right? <laughs> uh, and there's like consequence to that. That would be actually pretty cool. Um, but it it made. Uh, it kind of ends it on a sour note, I think. I agree. And the balls to put it right at the end of the two-pack as well. Yeah. Like, if you end up at the end of the game not doing the thing and being cursed, and then they're, you're, they're like, by part three, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a lot of fun taking your cursed character through part three. Uh, it feels like it would it would discourage me from wanting to go through the next part of the game. Uh, Honestly, it almost kind of makes me more curious, but uh, I I don't disagree. It is also discouraging. Yeah. It's seesawing for me back and forth. (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else? It's probably a good place to wrap it up. Uh, I do want to shout out, I guess, I said the words that we should end the podcast Mm -hmm. but then i was like no 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 no, hold on uh i want to shout out the visual the oh yeah yeah, the actual like hand-drawn style good call good call super good uh fits perfectly with the with the setting yeah um and we mentioned uh it's simulating like a tabletop thing and it does have that look of like a tabletop map Mm -hmm. um yeah it's very cool and you, you move your little piece who looks like a game piece around the board and he the way he's animated to like slide around it Mm-hmm. Uh, it all adds to that feeling, and yeah, it does look great. And I, I particularly love you. Every once in a while, you get a little illustration card. Yes, uh, which is great. I wish there were a few more of those. Yeah, that shit is my lifeblood. Oh, yeah. I love those. Illustrations. They're very cool. I, I, I feel like 
a particular illustrator is coming to mind, but I can't place it. But it almost has like a little bit of like a um, Shel Silverstein mm. look. Like it's very much a lot of hatching, um, in like caricature or like very like scraggly looking people and like with you know those kinds of like ragged details. Yeah, that just look very cool. Mm. It, all of the drawings are really dense. Yeah. and like dark. It's it's great. It's really really good. And then to add to the like tabletop aesthetic that I love. When you go into like an area that has a sub map, it like pulls it up and lays it on it's top of the map. It's laid on top map. of the map. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's super good. Great, I love great, it. great detail. Yeah. So they did an excellent job with presentation here. And the music is so generic and quiet that it is like somebody playing it on their phone while I they're l- DMing. I l- legitimately think that's what it's going for. Like it's just <laughs> supposed to be like a backing thing. And like you can turn it off mm-hmm. as well if you don't want to have it. But I think that that probably comes from this being a phone game first. Yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't put that much effort into the the sound a lot of the time because most people don't have it on. Mm. Uh, but yeah, do we have fighting fantasy thoughts? My fighting fantasy thoughts are uh, this game is very very interesting. Uh, it's like it's a perfect pocket game. I think Inkle's becoming another one of those no clip pocket developers uh that i'm definitely going to like keep tabs on anything new they might put out um yeah like it really does a great job of emulating the tabletop feeling like if you're like a if you were someone younger and you didn't have anybody to play D with this is a great thing to play like if you're thinking about getting into dming this is a great thing to play because there's so many little encounters that you could use as inspiration as like a jumping off point uh, especially if you want to do a campaign with a lot of travel in it. Um, so, yeah, it's a great, great um, illustration of, like, that kind of craft of, like, creating a role-playing experience, like uh, that scenario writing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely got some kinks. Um, like, the, the implementation of the combat uh isn't the best thing like the transition from a role-playing book to a game isn't the most graceful but um the, i think they mostly stick to landing like this is very fun to play it like br- i imagine it brings the books to life mm-hmm. very effectively um in the i think the crowning jewel of it is the magic system uh it's very very cool like using the three letter words to cast all the different spells it's very mysterious can you only do some certain times a day etc cetera, etc cetera. all very interesting and uh captures that uh out of combat magic usage that uh that apparently we we also crave <laughs> uh we're big fans of that um I guess I'll end it here because I feel like I'm being rambling. Like, very cool and interesting uh, little gem from Inkle here again. Yeah, I mean, you could have gone on for longer because I don't have <laughs> basically anything to say. Uh, it What it does, what this game does really well is emulate its source material. Uh, it, it has the writing, which is taken largely from the books and then spun off and done in different ways as the series goes on is really close to that like YA or children's fantasy literature that a lot of people grew up with and that has a sort of like charm to it it's it's a certain 
style that is really enjoyable to go back to because it, it, it feels like this intersection of quaint and creative in a way that I am always, I guess, intrigued by it. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It has that indie game charm like that. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise, I mostly agree with you. I think the magic system is really inventive, and I know it also comes from the original books, but they've put a more systems-driven spin on it that I think is is very cool um, and would love to continue using it in other, like, see similar things done in other areas. Um, but yeah, everything else was very middling for me. I felt like overall, like I didn't love this, but also when I sat down to play it, I did just like bust right through it in one sitting. And it didn't feel like it was taking a long time. It drug in the second act a bit, but for the most part, I think that this is a, especially as a short experience, I think they did a really good job of adapting the source material and making it something fun to play. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Limbo, uh, which is a game that you play um, by taking a bar and putting it on two... It's just not a... Yeah, no no, no laughs at all from there. <laughs> you bend real low, you walk underneath the bar. That's how it works. Uh, this is the first game by Play Dead. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, we had talked about Inside, uh, I don't know, a million years ago. A few years ago. Three years, maybe. Something like that. Um, and it was actually one of the earliest episodes, or it was I think it was the last episode before we moved into our current recording setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the it's a game that I really loved, and... I probably only played Inside for the first time because I really liked Limbo when I played it. So yeah. it's a very like early indie platformer that I think got notoriety because of its visual style, mm-hmm. the silhouetted look, and a lot like uh, Psychonauts. If you've never played Limbo, just check your like accounts and <laughs> stuff because it's just been like free or like three cents multiple times in the like eight years since it came out so like you may just have a copy of it (laughs) totally possible yeah look forward to playing it again yep and until that time you can get a hold of us all of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com there you can find our email address our twitter account link to our discord where we talk about the games uh you can find our youtube channel and both on the website and on YouTube, you can see all of our old episodes, including that one I just mentioned on Inside. Uh, or, yes, that is the correct name of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and you can also listen to uh, the episode that we did on Inkwell's game, Heaven's Vault. Uh, do we do anything that was Dungeons and Dragons-like? Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. There it is. Yes, you can also check out Divinity 2. Uh, Cast like. L-I-K. On that like like button. (laughs) Cast sub Sub. to subscribe. Have you considered casting B-E-L so that you get notified of our new videos? (laughs) Cast C-O-M to leave a comment in Uh, the comment section. 
All the comments better be written in th just three-letter <laughs> pairs. I'm recording Foley for me <laughs> ripping uh, something out of my notes and handing it to you. What do you, you think that sounds realistic? Yeah, it's almost it. How'd you make that noise? Uh, I ripped uh, some paper out of my notebook. Wow! And handed it to you. It's amazing what you can do with technology these days. <laughs> I know, right?